So I'm not giving you a lecture or I'm not giving you some, you know, message that you need to learn. You know, what I used to do uh, earlier was I used to, uh, whenever, you know, I used to hear messages and all that, I used to, you know, like take notes and stuff like that, write down everything and all that. Why? Not because I wanted to learn, because I wanted to teach it to everyone else. So I wanted to be this big teacher, you know, it's like take down notes and everything and teach it to everyone I knew. And I mean, that's, uh, later on I found out, uh, or rather I came to a realization that, you know, that's, that's just stupid. You know, why would I want to do something like that? I need to, I want the reason why I, you know, it's like listen to messages or teachings or something like that. I want to, I want to hear what other people have to say and their experiences of Father God is because they have something that I want for my life. It's not about, you know, uh, it's, it's not about, I want to, you know, become a good preacher, teacher, and, you know, kind of like motivate everyone, like a motivational speaker kind of a thing, because, you know, now I have information and that's what I used to do. So I was like, you know, it didn't, it didn't, nothing worked for me because for me, it was more about, you know, getting, getting the right information that I could pass on. God doesn't want that. God wants that, you know, it's like our life come close to him. We get closer and closer to him. So what takes place is that, uh, we start understanding who he is, get into relationship with him, and our life becomes more and more aligned to his heart. That's what Father God wants, right? So, great. Let's uh, let's move on. We are talking. The last time we spoke about the conscience, and I shared with you about how the conscience is like the most important thing in our makeup, right? It's a, the conscience is the part of our mind and it is a part of our being that actually governs how we live. Everything in our life is about the conscience. For example, how many of you know that, you know, it's like a, a lot of times we don't do things because our conscience doesn't allow it. You know, you heard it said, right? Or you, you also do things without really thinking that, you know, it's like, uh, I, I, I don't feel right doing this. Now, you don't feel right, but what that is actually called is your conscience giving you that kind of, you know, uh, either relief to do something or that kind of a bondage where, you know, it's like, I'm not comfortable with this kind of thing. God doesn't want us to be bound by our conscience. He wants us to be free. There are so many scriptures in Hebrews chapter 9, Hebrews chapter 10 that says that Jesus is, the blood of Jesus has cleansed our conscience, right? The blood of sprinkling has cleansed our conscience. We don't have to be thinking anymore about, you know, uh, you know, uh, the, our conscience is kind of like stopping us from doing something that may or may not be pleasing to God. God does not think like that anymore. He's not thinking about, wait a minute, you know, it's like, you need to be very careful about what you do, because if it doesn't satisfy me, I'm not going to bless you. He does not think like that. He does not even have that in his mind. For him, it is... I've given you life. You are now made in my image and likeness. You live your life how you want to live it. Now, the only thing that prevents people from living life to the fullest is this thing of, you know, uh, this, this moral compass that we have. We have subscribed as humanity. Okay. And I'm talking about human beings. They've subscribed to this thing of, of morality which gives them the sense of right and wrong. Now, when a person says, you know, it's like you have to do the right thing. Where do you think that thought process is coming from? Do the right thing. Don't do the wrong thing. Do the good thing. Don't do the bad thing. Where does, where does it come from? Any ideas? What's the rule? The evil conscience that we have. Yeah, where, where is that evil conscience? Knowledge, knowledge of, tree good, of, and knowledge of good. good and evil. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So the moment you're thinking, I should do something right, I should do something wrong, you are eating of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, God said, don't eat of that tree. Because if you eat of that tree, you will surely die. Because see, the thing is this, the mind is such a powerful thing. The mind governs your entire life. And the part of your mind that actually has full control over you is your conscience. Okay, let me show you something from uh, the scripture in Hebrews chapter 9, right? Let me show you Hebrews 9. In Hebrews 9 and verse 
14. It says, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works towards the living God? Right? See what it says in verse 7. In verse 7 it says, but into the holy of holies the high priest went alone once a year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the people's sin committed in ignorance. Now that's really important because everything that a person does or does not do, the right and wrong concepts and their ideas of, you know, it's like I have to live right, I have to live holy and all that. See, who lives holy and who lives, you know, uh, holy, unholy is the thinking about this thought process of, you know, I should live right, live wrong, don't do all this, don't do all that. Religious people, people who are governed by a religious mindset, because religion will always tell you, don't do right, uh, don't do wrong, make sure you're living and doing the right thing. Now, who's to judge what is right and wrong? The law. The law is judging who is right and wrong, right? Where did the law come from? Now, you've seen the garden. Go, go back right from the start. God said, okay, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, do not eat of that tree. That was the first law that was ever mentioned in the Bible. But, but as far as God was concerned, it was not a law. As far as he was concerned, like any good parent, you will tell your child, hey, listen, don't touch that. It's really hot. If you, if, you, if you touch it, you'll get burnt. God did not want Adam, because Adam was his son, God did not want Adam to be living out of that mindset of being controlled by his own conscience, by his own mind, by his own, his own inner being telling him, don't do right, don't do wrong, don't do this, don't do that. Freedom is complete freedom as far as God is concerned. If God does not live by that sort of a mindset, he does not want his own image and likeness, his own sons, his offspring to be living off the same mindset. And his offspring is you and me, right? Morality has come from the tree of the knowledge of right and wrong, aka the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It's come from that tree. There is no other tree. The, the other tree that was there was the tree of life. And God desired that we live out of the tree of life because life is free. Life is abundance, right? So let me give you another scripture. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 1 to 4, it says, For the law having a shadow of the good things to come. Now again, what is the law? Don't do this, don't do that, don't do, uh, do right, don't do wrong. Blessing and cursing based on what you do, whether it's right or wrong. That is the law, okay? The law has a, having a shadow of the good things to come and not the very image of those things, can never make, never with those same sacrifices in which the Jews were offered, okay? Who gave the law? God gave the law to who? Not you and me. He gave it to the children of Israel. He gave it to the nation of Israel, the Jews, okay? Unless if you're a Jew today and you need to get born again, get born again yeah, and receive Jesus into your life because once you give your life to Jesus Christ, you, you cease to become a Jew, you cease to become a Gentile. You cease to become a religious person. And now you have become, you have come back to your original, your first creation, which is man. Man is a spirit, right? That is living into a body, making man a living soul. Yeah, according to Genesis. So these sacrifices were offered every year, making whoever approached it perfect. Because if they, because then they would have been ceased to be offered yeah, because the worshippers once purified, now think about it. If you give a sacrifice unto God of your good works, Father God, look at me, I did something very good today. Okay, I, you know, I, I blessed a poor man, I gave some money to the poor, I, you know, it's like a help a friend and all that. You live a holy life, you live a good life, and then you say, wait a minute, I've done my part, right? If you did that, for the worshippers once purified should have had no more consciousness of sin. If you did it, how come you still have this thing about, wait a minute, you know, maybe it's not, it's not enough. I need to do something more for God. You know how much of Christianity is always living in this mindset of, yeah, are, you, are you satisfied with what you're doing in life? Right? Are you doing everything for God? Are you living for God? 
we are so bogged down with this thing about you know it's like my life has to have purpose my life has to have meaning if i don't do uh, something in life you know it's like uh, make the most make do do your best in life christianity is living by that by that mindset by the thought process and that's not that does not stem out of god it's not out of god's heart god is free god is living a free life as far as he is concerned he has no urgency no emergency no you know uh, do this in you have to do it in time he does not live like that and you and i have to I, because we have the mind of christ okay we have to live in the same mindset and god has set us free from the bondage of you know press mindset through jesus through the cross he set us free from that okay let me just give you another scripture it was symbolic for that present time in which gifts and sacrifices were offered which could not make him who did the service who performed that service perfect in regard to his conscience in other words no matter how much a person tried to be good and try to live a holy life his conscience would never his conscience never gave him that relief that wait a minute you know god is satisfied now think about it no matter how good how much good you do in your life no matter how well you try to live your life that thing will always be in your mind i still have to do more for god christians will never be satisfied with this thought process of process of i okay i've done a lot for god now you know everything is good they are always living in that mindset of you know i still have to do good for god that is not relationship my friend would you like your child okay your own son your own child would you like your child to always be living in this mindset of you know it's like daddy is not pleased with me mommy is not pleased with me uh i have to i have to live my life to completely satisfy them otherwise i will not have peace would you like your child to be living with that kind of a mindset or would you like your child to be just like free you know it's like live their life enjoy their life you yourself make sure that you do everything for your children so that they are living a free and a good life enjoying themselves i mean right that's a good parent right how much more our father god if you think you're a good parent by doing that father god is an even better parent he thinks even more freely he gave you life he gave us life live your life enjoy your life right but the only way to enjoy your life as far as you and i are concerned because of the conscience that has come down from adam the only way we can really enjoy life is by enjoying that relationship with him first because that relationship shows us what the true meaning of life is without that relationship we will never know what what a free life is about and why is that how 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 can i say that or why am i saying that the reason why you the only way you can enjoy freedom is through relationship is because he makes you feel so worthy he makes you feel like such a good son of his you'd never feel obligated to him people who have never met father god people who have never met jesus now again please understand my heart okay? i'm not i'm not condemning anyone i'm not saying you know it's like you 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 are i i don't do pulpit bashing i don't smash people with the bible and all that stuff what i am trying to say is that god wants us to be living in the freedom that he has given us it was for complete and absolute freedom that christ has set us free complete and absolute freedom right so he wants us to be living in that life in which we are we, that that relationship he makes us feel so worthy and so loved that you never think in your mind oh my god i have to satisfy this god because he brings us so close to him so intimate with him that the intimacy is the only thing you'll ever want in life so like i was saying okay i don't i'm not condemning anyone but people who have not met father god who have not met jesus they are generally the ones who are always trying to satisfy him who are always trying to please him and the perfect examples of that are the hebrews if you read the book of hebrews it says faith pleases god you'll only find it in the book of hebrews because the jews in order to satisfy god had to do everything that the law re- required and the and the author of the book of hebrews was writing to two people 
two kinds of people actually there were three but they the third person comes under the two categories itself two kinds of people the author was writing to one he was writing to hebrews or jews who had given their life to jesus okay so there was a there was a group of people who had given their life to jesus and were living their life so he wanted to assure them that you know you made the right decision you you know you gave your life to jesus now see what what's going to happen in your life and then he was writing to another group of uh, hebrews who had given their life to jesus but were so harassed by the religious group of people the religious jews that they started changing their mind now and they were like you know oh wait a minute you know it's like uh, maybe i made a bad decision so he was addressing them as well in the same book so he was like how can you change your mind now you have been so enlightened you have you have tasted of the goodness of god how can you change your mind about it so the hebrews was basically written to those people and in the in hebrews chapter 12 you know uh, 11 and 12 it's talking he's talking about you know how faith pleases god but I'll, as we go on i will show you how faith is something that is already pleased god because the moment you gave your life to jesus your faith no longer matters because the very fact that you gave your life to jesus now it is the faith of jesus who god is completely satisfied with now i'll tell listen to this okay right from the beginning right from adam god was never mad at any man at any human being he was never mad at us he was never against us he was never displeased with us he was never you know uh, like uh, you know i'm going to punish you you're doing this wrong you're going to do that wrong he was never thinking like that his mind was never about that it was man who was thinking like that that is why jesus had to die to change man's mind about what god thought about him okay people ask me how can you say that how can you say god was never married to you and all that well look at uh, i think i don't know whether i discussed it the last time but the last time uh, but think about it okay god said because you ate because you ate of the fruit cursed is the ground because of what you did god did not curse the ground right what did he say cursed is the ground because of what you did in other words your actions your governance your your own mind and your whatever's coming out of you is the reason the ground is cursed and it will never yield what was it was designed to yield to you in other words the work of your hands is going to be out of struggle and striving you wonder why people you know in business and in work and everything are struggling so hard to make money to earn their earn their living they have to they they have to dance around to their clients tunes they have to dance around to their bosses they have to you know really please their company and all that kind of stuff why it is all because of what happened because of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil the tree of right and wrong morality right god didn't do anything god didn't curse anyone it was man who did it to himself in his own mind right you want an example think about enoch how is it that enoch didn't die how is enoch the exception how come he did not die how come he met with god face to face how come elijah did not die how come how come these two people if it was such a norm it if it was cast in stone how is it that enoch and elijah did not die were they special did god have partiality towards them god doesn't have partiality towards anyone right bible says so so what really happened they did not allow their conscience they didn't allow their mind to get in between themselves and god enoch walked with god and he was taken up again it comes back to the same thing the moment you come into a relationship with father god there is no way that intimacy there is no way you will ever feel i need to do something for god it will never happen he will never let you think like that he will never let you think like that 
Jesus will never give you the impression that you are lesser than him in any way. You know why he will never do that? Because he's not insecure. He's not that kind of person. You know how people like to be, right? I am the fivefold minister. You are learning from me. That means I am greater than you. God is never like that. He'll never make someone to, to suppress them in a way where, you know, it's like, look at me, worship me. I am big. I am, you are small. Let's keep this balance because if you don't keep this balance, you will never get ahead in life. God does not do that. He's never insecure. As far as he's concerned, he's like, you're my son. You are just like me. Look at me. Be who I am. Because unless you be who I am, you'll never reach the fullness of your potential. I created you. I made you to be greater than you will ever imagine. That's the father. That is Jesus. So never settle for anything less. Okay. Never settle for all this, you know, this, this churchianity thing that is taking place. You know, it's like people trying to be other people's bosses and people trying to be other people's, you know, uh, I'll teach you. I'll be your pastor and your evangelist and your teacher and all that. No doubt, be a pastor, be a, but a pastor is not supposed to serve from the top. The pastor is supposed to uplift from the bottom. The pastor is supposed to lift you up. And the only place to lift you up is not by pulling you up, by lifting you up from below. Jesus came and said, I came to serve, not to be served. Where do you serve from? The top? No. You serve at the feet. Right? So if you really want to serve, you serve at the feet. You lift people up. That's the ministry. If you want to go by the ministry values. Right? So as far as God is concerned, he wants us to know that he is not against us in any way, shape or form. That is why Jesus died on the cross to say, okay, listen, no matter what you think you did, no matter who you, uh, who you think you are, no matter what, how weak you are or what, what you think of yourself, I am going to die your death at the cross so that once and for all, your entire insecurities, inadequacies, your weaknesses and shortcomings, your flaws will all go and it's gone forever. It's gone. You'll never have to think about it. It is just done and over with. So from now on, you will be me and I'll be you. Live your life, enjoy yourself. No burden, no emergency. So like I was saying, right? A person who has met Father God, who has met Jesus, will never, ever, in his mind, ever think, wait a minute, you know, it's like, uh, you, 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 you deserve more. God doesn't allow you to think that way. If you go meet him with a preconceived mindset or a preconceived thought process, then yes, it is possible that you yourself will think like that. Okay. So where is all this taking place? It's all taking place up here in the mind, right? Not in the brain, in the mind. The brain and the mind is so interconnected. Like I, like I shared with you the last time, they are so connected. It's almost as if your mind is in your brain, but because, because you you feel like as if your thoughts are originating from up here. But it's not really here. It's in your entire being. You are a soul that fills, fills up eternity. Right? That's who you are. Now, today I want to, we, we want to take it one step further. Okay? There is something that you must have heard of called imagination. Everybody's heard of imagination? You ever wonder where you get your imagination from? Or rather, what is imagination? I used to be the kind of person who, you know, for me, it was like, if, if I have to see God, if I have to meet him, if I have to see angels, if I have to see the heavenly realms, if I have to look into the spirit, I need to see it, okay, with my physical eyes. And unless I see it for real, it doesn't exist. It's not real. It doesn't it, 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 I can't believe this kind of thing, right? I used to see prophets, do, you know, prophesy and say all sorts of stuff and, you know, say, oh, wait a minute, you're going to have uh, two children and you're going to get married next year and, you know, all these kind of prophecies that uh, they give. And I used to think like, oh, my God, where are they getting all this information from? And then there would be like really accurate prophets who, you know, prophet to the, you know, prophesy to the T. 
I'd be like, you know, how do they get this kind of stuff? And I really went, and I, I went and asked uh, these guys, you know, so like, wh- what do you see? Like, you see it with your physical eyes? Uh, they're like, no, you have to see it with your, uh, with your spiritual eyes. Spiritual eyes? What is that? As in what, your spirit has eyes? So very confusing, you know, it's like, uh, how can your spirit have eyes? Your spirit is a spirit. But there are, there's something called spiritual eyes. And, you know, we won't get into all that because that does not make sense to this mind. You'll have to see it to actually understand it. And when you see it, you'll know what I'm talking about without any me having to give you words to try and convince you. Okay. So this thing called imagination, you can imagine anything as long as you're using your brain, right? Again, keep in mind, your brain and your mind is so connected, you can't tell the difference between the two. But they are two two individual entities, right? So you have this thing called imagination that works in your mind and your brain translates that information for you to understand what is what's actually happening. Now, I was trying to understand what imagination is because I couldn't believe it. And uh, Carrie, my wife, she keeps her, she, she's, she was very prophetic. She is very prophetic. And she, she used to see in the spirit and stuff like that. And I used to wonder like, you know, it's like, where's she getting all this from? And, you know, it's like, how can you see in the spirit and stuff like that? And she tried to show me how, but for me, it was more like, you know, yeah, wait a minute. You know, it's like, I'm not going to just believe anything you say. Yeah, I need to, it has to be real for me. It has to be tangible. And she tried to show me by using my imagination and stuff like that. But, you know, I, I was like, for the longest time she tried, but I was like, you know, just hard-headed, very hard-headed Christian, like, you know, completely like stone cold, you know, don't believe anything unless it's real. And she tried, but kind of like, I was not, till finally she was like, okay, fine. You know, it's like, just do, just do whatever uh, is you, you feel. So then one day I decided, you know, I really wanted to see in the spirit. And I asked Father God that, uh, I, I really want to meet you. And this has to become real for me because I know it's real, but it's not real at the same time because I can't see, I can't, you know, I, I can't sense, I can't see you, I can't hear you. What's going on? I'm supposed to. It is, it's inherent in me to see. And it's inherent in every one of us. It is abnormal for any human being to not see into the spiritual realm. It's abnormal. Every human being is wired to see and experience the spiritual realm, right? So the abnormality is that you think it is not possible. Now I can guarantee you, guarantee every one of you has looked and seen into the spiritual realms. At some point in time you have, you just passed it off as some thought in your mind or some, you know, imagination or something like that. You just whisked it off as, you know, it's like, ah, it's not real. But I guarantee you, every one of you have seen into the spirit at one point in time or maybe every day. I don't know. If you have a dream, you have seen into the heavenly realms. If you have seen or thought of something that, you know, has just popped into your mind out of nowhere, you have a fleeting thought, you've seen into the heavenly realms. We've just passed it off as some random thoughts in our mind, Right. So I had done this one thing when I was when I was just learning how to identify the uh, the Holy Spirit speaking from me being in touch with the heavenly realms and just you know a thought process that followed. So I did this kind of thing, and you can do the same. You know, start off. You can start off here. I'm I'm driving down the road. I see a hoarding of you know uh, some some advertisement something playing and all that, and it's just a random uh, you know I'm driving by. I just randomly glance at something and I'm driving on, and that what I, what I see catches my attention. It's a thought in my mind. It follows the thought process. Now I'm thinking about something else that's related to what I saw. That thought process keeps on following like a train of thought. It goes on and on and on until finally I reach to some weird place that started off from what I saw on a billboard somewhere. Now, I can trace the last thought that I have and I'm wondering why did I, why am I come, why am I thinking about this? I can trace it back to, to the first place, the first point of that train of thought to what I saw on the billboard. And I know that, okay, fine. This is not from the heavenly realm. This is something that I saw and then my thought process followed a train of thought and now I reached here. It's just, you know, just uh, calisthenics. Now, at the same time, 
if a thought comes into my mind suddenly you know it's like just random they it has no pattern no flow that has come from somewhere i know okay fine there's something happening over here i just received something from the spiritual realms in in our case in your case in my case is not the, not the spiritual realm it is the heavenly realms okay there's not there's the heavenly realms okay that is a part of the spiritual realm but we can identify it by some thought process that has randomly come to our mind that is not followed some thought pattern some flow of thought that we saw or maybe heard from somewhere so you know okay fine you know this has come from the heavenly realms or your spirit has said something you in the in the heavenly realms have experienced something that your mind has caught up with has identified so now you know this is the so i'm sure most of you have got a thought from somewhere or seen an image in your mind from somewhere which is just random that you don't know where it came from but you must have just shook it off as some sort of a you know just 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 a random thought and you passed it off now that's what i follow but then father god said one thing to me he said imagination is the birthplace of faith and i was like that that's that's awesome because you know when father god says something he's not saying it as a sentence he doesn't he didn't say imagination is the birthplace of faith quotation marks he doesn't say he doesn't speak like that but immediately you know what he's saying because his mind and your mind are one you know what he's thinking so suddenly you have a thought process that's and he said that the thought process that uh, comes to you that says wait a minute imagination is the birthplace of faith and suddenly you know what he's saying you know what he means it's just a part of you what does that mean it simply means that if you can believe what you imagine you can make your imagination real you know why because you are made in the image of your father whatever he imagines manifests it comes out of you it becomes your life it's not supposed to remain in your imagination it's supposed to become reality okay let's start there now your imagination can go everywhere so i want you to do one do one exercise and then we'll go on to another exercise right close your eyes okay close your eyes now with your eyes closed okay don't open your eyes keep your eyes closed with your eyes closed start walking into your building see yourself walking into your building you're coming into the entrance gate okay look down and see your feet as you're walking into the building now check out your hands put your hands in front of you and see the back of your hands the front of your hands check it out keep walking into your building step into the elevator click on to the on to the button of your floor look at yourself going up in the elevator you gone you reached your floor the door opens step out you into your lobby go up to your front door you see your door now look at your hands holding your keys opening that door step into your home now come and sit in front of your computer screen and open your eyes your imagination okay has just created an event that didn't really physically take place but because you know the everything of your surroundings okay you have thought up something that okay fine this is how i normally do it i can see it my mind has seen something okay that is so real it it it's actually happening it's in your mind it's not physically taking place but it's in your mind now let me ask you something else do you think father god has a physical body 
No. How does he do things? Right? He sees it. He wants it. He makes it happen. Do you understand what I'm saying? The same thing you just did by walking into your building, stepping into the elevator. He's seeing things. You are thinking the way he does. He sees what he wants and says it into existence. Not with his mouth. He says it means he makes it happen like as if it is already there. He makes things that are invisible, visible. Why? He just knows it already exists. What you just saw was your imagination making something happen. See, what takes place is that in your mind, you're imagining something, but your brain is giving you some other information altogether. Okay, let me show you something on a diagram. Okay. So the last time we saw your mind, uh, sorry, your brain, and your mind. Now there's a, there's, a, there's a connection over here. And this connection that we have over here, this is your brain, this is your mind. This connection that we have over here has to become so clear and so, so uh, you know, so one that you can't tell the difference between your brain and your mind. It is this complete area that Adam lived in. Adam lived in a place where there was no distinction between his brain and his mind. There was so, so much oneness that whatever he thought happened. Whatever he imagined, now I'm saying, I'm using the word imagination, but it's not imagination. Imagination is still, people still have this negative thought process of imagination that, oh, it's not real, I'm just making it up. But imagination is the birthplace of faith. If you can start with your imagination, you will start seeing things that are not something that you can actually make up or concoct with your thought process, with your brains. But it starts with believing what you see in your mind. Your mind, okay, is so in touch with your spirit. Okay, remember last time I showed you about how there's the, uh, the conscious, subconscious, and the unconscious mind? There's the conscious, there's the subconscious, and the unconscious mind. This area, these two areas over here is most in touch with your spirit. This is the area that has difficulty believing what you're seeing and what you're experiencing here. But this has to become so one that you can't tell the difference between what you're imagining and what is real. Father God, okay, is not living in a physical body, but he's thinking what you exactly just saw. So for him, everything that you and I can't see is more real than what you can see. Colossians, uh, sorry, not Colossians, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 18. It says, don't believe the things that you see because they're temporary. In other words, you can change it. Believe the things that you can't see because those are the eternal things that are real. Whatever is in the spirit, only that can manifest into this physical uh, life that you're living in. It, if it is not there, if you can't see it in the spirit, it cannot manifest. It cannot become real in your life. Think about it, right? People are so afraid of something that is not even a part of their life. They're so afraid that it might happen, it might happen, even it's not even there in their life yet. It's not even come, it's not even a reality for them, but they are so afraid of it, it becomes real. Why does it become real? Because they thought about it so much as becoming real, that spiritual thing that was not physical yet became physical and became a part of their life because they made it happen in their mind first. You have to think about it. The same thing if you replace with what you want, that becomes your reality in the physical life that you're living. So replace all your fears. I don't know about the future. I don't know if I'll survive. I don't know about my family. I don't know about this. All those things. Replace all that with, I am in heaven. I'm in the kingdom. And we'll come to that also. I'm in the kingdom. I am surrounded by the kingdom. The kingdom provides everything for me. The kingdom is my abundant life. The kingdom is where I live. I am in super abundance. This is my life. Not what I see in the world what is happening in the world. That's not my life. That is their life. My life is what Jesus says is my life. Abundance 
and super, super, super glorious kingdom atmosphere. That's my life, right? So coming back, this brain, okay, starts receiving information from the mind and everything from the mind starts getting that information. Now, your imagination is where this, it starts working over here. This is a reality. Like I shared earlier with you, our reality is basically formed in this area, right? So we are forming a reality here based on all the information that we have received. So let's say, for example, you're looking for, you know, a financial breakthrough. You're looking for a breakthrough in your health. You're looking for a breakthrough in your uh, relationships or something of the, of the sort. It starts happening over here. In other words, you start seeing, you need to see it over here first. It needs to become a reality here before your brain starts believing it and acknowledging it. The moment your brain acknowledges that, yeah, okay, fine. This is a reality. This is what it is. I am rich. I am perfect. I am whole. I am complete. I am perfect health and all that stuff. Then your brain starts catching up with it. You know, I, uh, I tell the kids, right? Uh, if you want to go, you know, they, they, they like to control their potty. I hope they're not listening. You get totally embarrassed. But they like to control their potty for as long as they can. They'll have as, as much fun as they can. And then they'll go to the toilet. So, and then by the time they have to go to the toilet and all that stuff, it's like, you know, oh, my tummy's paining this, that, the other. And I was like, have you gone to the toilet? They're like, no. I was like, go and sit. But I don't feel like it. I said, you go and sit on the potty. Your brain will tell your body what it needs to do. So they'll go and sit on the potty immediately. They'll be done with their job and they'll come out. So what happened? It's simple calisthenics. Their, your brain is wired, okay, to tell your body how to behave and what to do. It's the wiring of the human makeup, of, the, of, the, of man's makeup. Your brain controls every function in your body. Your hands are moving. Your brain is moving your hands. It's not involuntary moving. Your hands are not just moving because it feels like moving. No, your brain is controlling your hands and causing you to move. So if you, so I tell them, just go and sit on the pod and wait, it'll happen. And they're going to do that and it's fine. Why? Because your brain knows, okay, fine. Your body's waiting for something. Make it happen. It makes it happen. That's how powerful this is. Okay. So the same way, your brain starts creating a reality for your life in which everything that you want to happen just starts happening because of your thought process that flows from your mind. Right? Okay. We did this... Uh, we did this uh, exercise where you saw your yourself entering your building and going and now i want to show you something else okay listen to what uh, just listen to this and flow with it right close your eyes and just follow through this uh, this it's called an activation activation is basically you just get your imagination running what takes place is that your imagination is a really powerful thing, okay? If you can imagine it and you can believe what you are seeing, okay? It starts rewiring your mind that, see, the thing is this, okay? Your mind has already been rewired. It has been wired to not believe anything spiritual because all this while we have been trained by our five senses to tell us that, wait a minute, you know, it's like uh, only what you can see, taste, hear, smell and feel, that's real. Nothing else is real. So if you're imagining something, it's not real. Only what you can see, taste, hear, smell, and feel. That's it. Believe only that. That's a conditioning of your mind. God wants us to not believe what we see, taste, hear, smell, and feel. In fact, he wants our senses to follow what we believe. It starts with what you believe, ends with what you experience. Right? So let's recondition our mind to think and believe and see what we see in the spirit first. Yeah? So just follow through this uh, activation and you'll see and start looking at what's being spoken in this exercise. Yeah. Let's start with a simple exercise to begin with. Let's visit a garden. Think of all the beautiful gardens you vividly remember. Pick one that you'd like to visit for this exercise. We will visit this garden a bit differently this time. Remember, when you go there in your mind, try not to see yourself as though you're observing yourself from a distance. Walk 
in the first person. Walk through the pathways as though you were seeing the journey through your own eyes. Now, imagine the garden you've chosen. Go there in your mind. You're at the gate. Walk in. Follow a path and walk around a bit. Stop somewhere in the open. Take a few moments to feel the warm sun soak you. Continue down the path. Look around. The colors are alive. The garden is more lively, bright, and colorful than the last time you visited. The trees are greener. The flowers are brighter and in bloom. Spend some time observing. ahead, there's a shower of white petals falling off a tree. Walk into the shower. Feel the petals wash your skin. Enjoy it for a while. On your right, you see a newly laid white stone pathway. It wasn't there when you visited last, but it looks very inviting. Follow it. There's a bright glowing light around the bend in the distance up ahead. Follow the path toward it. The light gets brighter as you're nearing the bend. You see it. An enormous tree that looks as though it's lit up with white fire. Leaves are long and silvery, shimmering in the glow. Go toward it. Palm-sized fruit hang off the branches. They look clear, transparent, and soft. Reach out and pluck one. Bite into the juicy fruit. It tastes like a blend of all the fruit you love, all packed into one bite.
You can taste each fruit distinctly in that one bite. Enjoy it. Spend some time there. Lay down in the cool grass. Notice the glow of the tree wash the landscape around you. some time there if you'd like. When you're ready to leave, follow the pathway back out. So, imagination is something that gets you going spiritually because your mind is always in touch with the heavenly realms. It's just that your brain can't understand it because your brain, uh, right from the time we were born up until now, we have been conditioned to believe only what we experience or what we sense with our five senses. The, the, the process needs to be reversed where we start seeing what is normal to us, right? And it starts with us sensitizing ourselves to the heavenly realms, to the spiritual realms. Now, what you saw, okay, was something that is there in the spiritual realms. You know, I remember this, uh, the, the last part that you saw about this, uh, the tree and the fruit. I had uh, this is this is somewhat similar to the experience that I had when I visited uh, Father God once, and it was uh, like it was something very very different as uh, for me because I was I I didn't know what was happening and I didn't know how to do it. But then the Holy Spirit guided me through a process of how. It started off with imagination some time ago, okay, and then gradually as I spent more time sensitizing myself to the spiritual realm, where I could start sensing things that were happening around me. I could sense Father God for the longest time. I could sense Father God and Jesus, but I never saw them. After that, I could hear them, but I still couldn't see them. And then it came to a place where the Holy Spirit started training my senses to start seeing into the heavenly realms, where imagination became my starting point. So everything that I saw became real. And became real in the sense like it didn't manifest here, but... I mean, that took place much later on, but it started where I started believing everything that I saw, like as if it was real, right? Because it is real as far as God is concerned. He doesn't just make believe. For God, nothing is make believe. Whatever you believe, he makes it real. Whatever you believe, you make it real. And we are, you and I have been given the Holy Spirit to do that. How does healing take place? Healing takes place when you know that, okay, fine. You know, it's like person is sick. I don't want to see sickness. I'm seeing a whole person, a healed person. So that's what you manifest from your being, that healing. That's what is taking place. Spiritual reality becomes physical reality. So in the same way, I started seeing uh, into, the heavenly, uh, into the heavenly realms. And after I spent a lot of time with Father God being invisible to me and I could hear him, suddenly the Holy Spirit said, you know, go and meet Father God get past your uh, spiritual senses, go and meet him. And I decided, okay, fine. You know, it's like, if you're saying it uh, that way, that's what I'm going to do. And I went and suddenly, first I used to only imagine stuff, but it started there. So don't downplay imagination. It started there where I started imagining and seeing into the heavenly realms. And then finally, I went into Father God's garden. Okay. First I had visited the, the throne room, but later on I visited Father God's garden. And when I went into Father God's garden, I was there sitting beside him. I was here. He was on my left. And I knew that 
this is exactly where I was every time I was spending time with him. I, I could sense him right there beside me, at, you know, in the, in the garden, but I couldn't see it. But when I entered the garden the first time, I saw exactly what I was sensing all that while. And he was right there. And suddenly, you know, it's like I was, I was, I was there waiting on him and he, he was saying something, but he wasn't saying it audibly. I just knew what he was saying. There was this communication taking place that was not in audible words. And I knew, okay, fine. You know, this is, he, he's actually communicating with me. Suddenly up in the distance, I see Jesus walking towards us. Now walking, he wasn't really walking, he, but he was heading towards us. And I can't explain that, but he was coming towards uh, us. And I was like, oh my God, that's Jesus. And I ran towards him. I ran towards him. I was about to you know, just jump and hug him. I went to hug him. Suddenly I hugged him and I was inside of him. And that was awesome because it's like suddenly I'm, I'm hugging him, but then I'm inside him. And I realized that that moment I was inside his heart. And that place was another garden in itself. And that garden that I was in right now was the same. It was so similar to Father God's garden that I was just at. I was there and suddenly I see up ahead in the distance, I see a tree that was quite similar to what I described in this, uh, in this activation that you all just heard. This tree, it was like glowing silver, right? It was almost like it was on fire. There was this glory that was emanating from it. So bright and so amazing that there, there were no, I, I can't explain the colors that I was seeing, but it was just so glowing. I saw there were fruit hanging from it. That was like, you know, it's like this, this, hand-sized fruit that was hanging from that was clear and transparent and i see this this fruit and i'm like oh my god i would i really want to try one of these fruit so i took a fruit from one of the branches now in 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 the spirit it's not like there are some tall trees and you can't reach them whatever you know to be true is a reality so i took a fruit from one of the branches and i could just like pluck it off like as if i was on the branch itself i took that fruit and I bit into it. And the moment I bit into it, it was like, it just exploded in my mouth. I could sense some amazing stuff happening and I ate that fruit, I tasted it. And at that moment, my brain could not understand what I was going through because I had, I had locked myself out of my brain, my thought process, right? Whatever was running through my mind, through my brains, I just kind of like ignored those thoughts like, and then it started, you know, just fading into nothingness. I could not understand what I was thinking anymore because now I was in the spirit. So I, I spent some time over there. And when I came back from that spiritual encounter, from that heavenly encounter, everything that was happening over there started making sense. Now, I didn't realize it, but over the course of the next few months, I realized what had taken place in the garden. That clear fruit was basically revelation. And that tree that I ate out of was the tree of life. And it made sense because at that time I wasn't thinking, but I was now in Jesus and he is the tree of life. And I ate of the fruit of the tree of life and that fruit was clear and transparent. And I realized that I was receiving revelation about Father God and about Jesus and about heaven. That was also clarity about the spirit. Now you see the symbolism over there. I ate a transparent fruit and I could taste it in my mouth. I could literally physically taste it that was so amazing because my senses were so so active. I shut my brain out, but my senses were so active. I could taste the physical, the, the fruit, like as if it was physical and it was so real. And when I came back, it started making sense that that clear fruit was actually, was literally clarity of the heavenly realms and how they operate and what takes place. And over the next few months, I started receiving revelation of everything that was taking place in the spiritual, in the, in the heavenly realms, in the spirit. That's it. That was an experience. And that was one of the, just one of the few experiences that I had of that time. So don't downplay imagination because it takes you into new experiences that if you, if you cast off imagination right from the start, you'll never believe something that you see that is real, that you can pursue in the heavenly realms. Earlier on, when I was just getting the hang of stuff, you know, it's like, uh, I said, okay, fine. You know, uh, if I'm going to see and if I'm going to believe what I'm seeing, then let me let me see into the heavenly realms. And I, I, I imagined an angel. So I imagined an angel and he had this, you know, this uh, kind of like blonde kind of hair and stuff like that. And I imagined it. And then my mind kicked in. I was like, you know, if I'm really, uh, is this real or is this uh, fake? 
so i said that if it is if it is real then you know it's like i can't do anything about it it's just real but if it is if it's a fake then i can change this angel's the color of his hair so i changed the color of his hair and it turned to black i imagined black hair i was like oh my god that's my imagination it's still my imagination but it's still i stuck with it right i was still thinking up stuff that i wanted to see that that was already a part of something that was there in my mind that i could concoct or rather imagine that this is kind of this is the way it is but as time went by more stuff came to me that i had no control over in terms of i could not concoct because it became real it became a reality in my life so don't downplay imagination again keep seeing yourself in the heavenly realms see yourself in the heavenly realms right i never imagined what being hidden with uh, jesus in father god was like but as time went by i started seeing myself in father god i am in father god and the more i saw myself in father god the more indestructible i became because now my mind started understanding that if you are in father god and this is where i am now what can what can how can anything touch me how can sickness come into my in, into father god into my life how can poverty how can you know depression how can all these things how can it come into father god and reach me because i am in him i am inside him i am one with jesus it is not possible right so start seeing yourself in that way cool so we'll pick up from the next time and the next time we will talk about the kingdom right and what the kingdom is about any questions about what you have any experiences anything you want to share please feel free hi god kevin hi yeah hi sir kevin okay. is also on bald <laughs> yeah dude <laughs> too much heat okay so i enjoyed this entire experience that we had now huh. and i realized that my garden was quite bigger compared to what i read originally thought it to be and i realized as i was walking i said father this is what i wanted to be you know this is the place where i want to be and i realized at that point this is the father's heart where i was yeah you know so it was a different revelation at that point of time you know when we were going through that yeah 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 it's amazing yeah see i mean you can it is because it's inside you see don't think of yourself as lesser than who you are people people generally they do that and because they kind of belittle themselves that you know i can't see in the spirit i can't see father god how can i meet father god he's so big he's so this he's so amazing and who am i and all that stuff that's all old testament they are reading from the old testament people are re- people read the old testament bible okay and they think that's who they are you are not an old testament person old testament people lived in the old testament jesus came he died and now you are living in the kingdom you are not someone you are by by no means are you someone who lived before jesus or even while jesus was still alive and walking on the earth you are not that same person so you cannot go and live by people who are living in the old covenant in the old testament it does not apply to you now i am not talking about the the things that are mentioned in the old testament about who god is and who his nature is and you know and things that uh, like the uh, like how god uh, speaks by through his heart and stuff i'm not talking about that i'm talking about how god related to people who were separated from him in their minds you are not that person so if god gave prophecies and words and uh, stuff to the nation of israel they were for the nation of israel not for you you're a son the son of god okay so yeah so don't don't put yourself down cool anything else any other questions anything else to share anyone awesome okay so what we'll do is we will uh, I'll, i'll put up the recording of this video go through it again go through the recordings of the previous videos and as far as possible start your journey of seeing into the heavenly realms okay now what i generally do is i i keep my eyes open okay and the reason why i keep my eyes open when i'm looking into the heavenly realms or i'm experiencing heaven 
is because I don't want to make it a habit for myself to have to close my eyes when I'm already in heaven. Right? But if you find it difficult, you can close your eyes to begin with. Close your eyes, see yourself, see your surroundings, see, look at yourself in heaven, start imagining stuff. Start imagining, put that imagination to work because that imagination will set the ground for you to start seeing what the heavenly realms really has. Because if you can't believe what you imagine, you'll never believe what's really there. You'll never accept it because what is really there is more wild, it is more awesome than your brain can ever make up. So if you can't believe what you're making up, you'll never believe what really exists. Common sense. Right? So start imagining stuff and seeing it. Start seeing yourself. I am living in oneness with the Father. I am living in His life. The Holy Spirit in me is perfect health. The Holy Spirit is my life. I am exuding glory. I am this bright, glorious light. And it's, and it's the truth. It's who you are. You are bright, glorious light. You are light. You are made of your Father who is light. So see yourself as light. See yourself as glory, abundance, power, love, fullness. See yourself as that. Whatever we you imagine is who you are. You don't have to conform to someone else and say, no, this is not right. This is not the way it is and all that. You never have to listen to anyone. Okay. Who you think you are, who you believe you are, that is your truth. That is who you will be. There is no standard or benchmark for who you believe you are. Right? You are powerful to believe whatever you want. Amen. So I'll see you guys next time. You guys have fun. Enjoy yourselves. And keep imagining.